Should you avoid drafting running backs early in your startup dynasty drafts? All that and more in this episode of Lot Don Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That is linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Kate Majuk. You can follow her on Twitter at Kate Majuk. We've also got a special guest for you guys. It's Michelle Majuk, who you can follow on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. We, we've, we've heard of her before. Follow her on Twitter at Paul Blastum. We're going to be doing some, uh, some dynasty strategy today, talking about your startup leagues, 1QB leagues. Uh, and let's just get right into it. Michelle, we'll start with you. What's just your general overall philosophy kind of going into your startup drafts and dynasty leagues? So I like to go in without too much of a plan because I don't want to have like a strict strategy. Like I need to take a wide receiver in the first and second round, or I need to at least have one running back in the first three rounds. It's really, it depends on where the board lands. And I, I don't want to be too strict about which position I feel like I need. It's dynasty. Like you're going to be building this team for a long time. You're going to be making moves. You're going to be making trades and you should be taking the best player available that also hat you know will hold really good trade value as well. So there's certain players like a Derrick Henry that for whatever reason over the last three years, he just doesn't hold like there's no trade value with him because everyone every year is worried he's too old, right? And he's he's fallen off and he's not gonna be worth anything. So there are certain players like that that aren't really worth having on my roster because I know there's no trade value. They might help me win some games, but I also just need that important aspect as well. But it all just depends. So if I'm in the first round, you know, I, I would rather take a wide receiver like a, an AJ Brown instead of an Austin Eckler because I I do prefer wide receivers in Dynasty over running backs. But there does come a point at the same time where a running back might be more useful. Like when you get to the stage of the Jonathan Taylor or the T Higgins, I think finding a T Higgins type of wide receiver is a lot easier than finding a Jonathan Taylor type running back. So it's just comparing those positional values at whatever point you are at the draft. Kate. Yeah. I, I tend to share a similar philosophy. I feel like you shouldn't ever be too rigid and this goes for like dynasty startup drafts. This goes for even your redraft leagues. I do think that going in with a narrow mindset of I need to accomplish, you know, check box, check box, check box. I do think that that can sometimes hinder your ability to actually build out a contending roster and build out a, a balanced roster. Um, Michelle, I think you mentioned like briefly best player available, like because of that trade value, I'm taking the best player available. Even if you are maybe leaning a little wide receiver heavy in the first few rounds, like these assets, I think, tend to balance themselves out as the draft goes on. Like, let's not forget, dynasty drafts are very deep. Uh, there are a lot of opportunities to create balance throughout the draft. But I think if you're going in with the mindset of best player available and and especially using a tier-based system, that 
helps create longevity, but also like, you know, if there's a player on the board that you have right in the middle of your lap that maybe you're not particularly high on, but you know, uh, you know, training camps just around the corner, like a Jameer Gibbs, if you're not overly high on a Jameer Gibbs, but he's falling in your lap and you know, the hype train is about to be through the roof. It might behoove you to take that player, even if you're not necessarily high on them, if you know the hype is about to sway one way or the other. See, this is fascinating because we're going to get some different strategies and ideas here. Because for me, and I've done a bunch of startup drafts over the summer so far, I'm just not a slave to the ADP in the value at all. What, what I want are guys that I want to root for, right? And I, I'm going to churn my roster so much anyway, so I want to draft with my first two or three picks, guys that I know are going to be anchors on my team. I'll give you an example. I, I was in a startup draft a couple of weeks ago, and I think I had a seventh or eighth pick. I wanted CD Lamb. I know that he's going to be available a little bit later. I know his trade value isn't quite as valuable as some of the other guys that were available, but I don't want to have to mess around trying to trade for him and maybe having to overpay. I'm just going to draft him, and then we'll move on and figure out the rest later. I I just want to get at the, the very start of the draft, a couple guys that I know – Okay, I'm building around these guys. I'm not trading them regardless. Let's do that, and then we'll move on. Michelle, what so are you what, talking about? What Marcus is saying is that he's a homer, and he likes to pick well, Cowboys yeah, listen, players. Yes, well, hold on. I am, That's what I heard. Down. I am a homer for the guys that I like and the guys that I want. And we talk about this all the time. There's a couple of players that I really, really value, and I don't care where the ADP is at. I'm, I, I just want them on my team because – Football's supposed to be fun, right? Get the guys you want to root for. <laughs> Are those players uh, C.D. Lamb, Brandon Cooks, Dak Prescott, no, 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 no. Tony Pollard? Pollard. No, no, absolutely <laughs> not. Old, old, there's a couple receivers, C.D. Lamb and Chris Olave are the guys that I just really want on all my dynasty teams. And I just don't want to have to mess around. Okay, maybe I'll take Tyreek Hill and try to flip him for Chris Olave and something else later. I just don't want to deal with all that. I'm just going to take the guys that I want. I mean, I think that's like a fair – That's that's definitely a fair – point to make right like ADP it's I I think a very useful tool there was just a a conversation on Twitter back a few weeks ago discussing how highly you should value ADP and it's a tool like that's what ADP is like we refer to you know dynasty startup ADP on dynasty league football all the time it's a tool and that tool can help you gauge uh, you know, the trade market can can help you gauge how highly uh, or or how long you can wait uh, for for a player or how highly you need to draft them. But it's one tool and ADP, it's it you can look at ADP and that might not actually reflect what's going to happen in your dynasty startup drafts because everything's different. Michelle, I've got a question for you. When you're doing these these drafts, how much do you care about like roster limits and how many play, like how many receivers you can start? If you're in a league where you can only start three receivers, are you still going to draft like five or six receivers early just because they hold their value longer? Or what's your general thoughts there? Well, I think it's important to look at the lineup strategies there with, with the settings in your league, because some leagues will have, you have to start three wide receivers. And then that's not even including the flexes where you can actually play them. I think in those situations, you really need to make sure you're getting a couple really reliable young studs that can really just be the anchor of your team there for the next five years or five plus years. But like you said, if there is, you can only start three in any given week and you can't, uh, you know, you can't put them in your flex or whatever. 
then yeah, you, you kind of want to change your mindset there. Maybe go a little bit heavier in the running back position. If you need to start more of them, if it's a two quarterback league, like you always need to look at the settings in your league to kind of figure out what positions are most important. I did want to clarify something when I said best player available. I didn't mean like the top guy in the ADP that's sitting there for you. I meant who do you believe is the best player available left? And that's going to change for every single person. And it's most likely not going to be the top guy in the ADP on the app at that time. I just like, who, who do you believe is the best player? And that's kind of how I go about it. Let's uh, let's talk about the positions that you should target and you shouldn't target early in your startup drafts. Next. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's so easy to create a job post right now. All you do is add your job and then the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That is linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, we are back here talking about some dynasty startup strategy. Michelle, I, I want to talk about the positions that you need to avoid in the early rounds of your draft. What are you not looking to draft here? Is it running backs? Is it quarterbacks? What are your thoughts? I really don't have a position I'm trying to avoid. As I said, like I just want to build the best team possible. So if uh, Mark Andrews is sitting there, you know, in the third round, I'm not going to be like, oh, I don't want a tight end right now. Like I would like to kind of put the tight end position. I do think it's very important to get a very good tight end because that those are like the hardest to get in dynasty. If you don't draft a good tight end or land a good tight end in the, in one of your rookie drafts, trading for one of them, you have to pay so much because there's like, I mean, it's Travis Kelsey and really the rest of the field. So mm-hmm. maybe if you're, if you think Mark Andrews is going to be reliable moving forward or TJ Hawkinson with his new team, I am okay going for those guys. Obviously running backs and wide receivers are a position I'm looking for and quarterback. If it's a one quarterback league, then yes, of course, you know, you kind of wait on that position a little bit more. I don't want to take a guy in the first three rounds, but also it's never a bad thing to have a Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes or Jalen Hurts on your team. I play in some one quarterback dynasty leagues and guess what? The teams I have those guys in, I am pretty good because having a quarterback who scores a ton of points every week is very helpful for you. I will say I got the Josh Allen's and the Jalen Hurts when they were cheaper. I wasn't paying a top three pick in a dynasty startup, but it's still like, I I still want to get a quarterback that I'm not like, I don't want a Kirk Cousins starting every week for me. So I'm not going that low, but yeah, I do. I don't want to take a quarterback in the first three rounds if I'm doing a one quarterback startup. Okay. Yeah. I, I, there's definitely, I, again, I always feel like I talk about team construction and roster construction and how, how you approach your teams is very much dependent on how you start out the drafts, et cetera. But 
for me, addressing some of these, like these positions like tight end where it's, it's like Travis Kelsey, you know, Mark Andrews, a couple of elites, then everybody else. And then, you know, the quarterback position where obviously you have such high upside players. And then there's a big tier break between, you know, Josh Allen, like in those situations where there are clear tier breaks, you know, I, I like to start out my, my rosters with some wide receivers for longevity, but once, you know, that, that elite tier of wide receivers has passed and I'm at spots where I don't necessarily see a ton of value either at the running back position or the wide receiver position. That's when I start to look is, is there an elite tight end on the board that is going to give me a significant edge? Is there an elite quarterback on the board that is going to give me a, a, you know, a significant edge. And sometimes that comes earlier than I like. Sometimes that comes a little bit later and you feel comfortable, you feel more comfortable about that. But for me, it's all about looking at what else is available on the board and how I feel about those assets. And then once I'm getting lukewarm, that's when I feel like, all right, let's invest in this top tier quarterback. I mean, Marcus, you and I specifically have said over and over again, like there's even a case that you can make that Patrick Mahomes is undervalued in mm-hmm. dynasty startups. And he's drafted on average as the quarterback one. And the reason he can be undervalued is because he is so freaking stable and provides you a a literal cornerstone to your roster. There's not a single moment where you are going to have to wonder starter sit Patrick Mahomes ever. And same with Josh Allen, same with Jalen hurts. The answer is always yes. Whereas Michelle, you liken to a Kirk cousins where, yeah, you're going to have some weeks where, you're not necessarily so sure that that's going to be your option. And it, it doesn't always feel great investing in those positions necessarily early, but that stability and, and removing that aspect of, of decision-making from your lineup can kind of be invaluable if the draft falls to you that way. Michelle, I want to talk to you about the running back position because Mm. Kate and I have made this the summer of every running back is a sell. Like every single running back has lost value this off season. I mean, I pick one, pick your running back and it seems like they've all gotten worse. How do you handle that in startup drafts? Do you just ignore the running back position early? Do you try to get like an anchor running back and then just throw numbers at the position? What are your thoughts? Exactly that. I I like if I'm going to take a running back early, it's just one. And then I'm going to try to just draft a bunch later on to just try to fill that RB2 position and try to figure it out and uh, piece it up that way. Because like, for whatever reason, well, there are reasons because running backs fall off quickly, but a running back loses their value so quickly, even if they have high draft capital, like if they don't, if they're not shiny, if they're not impressive, like think of a Najee Harris. He's been fine. Like he's been putting up okay fantasy numbers, nothing super exciting, but now nobody really cares for him in dynasty. Like you're not going to get a lot of trade value, but a guy like Jerry Judy, who is a first round wide receiver, he has done nothing in his career far less than Najee Harris has ever done. Yet his value is still like, Ooh, like this is the thing with wide receivers. Like, Ooh, they have a new coach. Ooh, they have a new offense coordinator. Ooh, they have a new quarterback. It doesn't matter. They're bad. They were a first round wide receiver. They're going to be good at some time. They hold their value for so long. So even if you miss on the wide receiver, you take that you like, you want to like this player and you want to believe in them. But if they have early draft capital, they have high excitement, their trade value is going to hold for a long time because there's always an excuse for those wide receivers, which people don't really have those excuses for running backs. Like if you're just 
not good. People just say you're not good. And they don't even really care if it's due to the offensive line. They're just like, no, you stink. And even if you are good, like your value still decreases, right? Like I look yeah. at somebody like Tony Pollard, who anytime he's gotten opportunities, he does well. But because he's coming off an injury, because he's in the final year of his deal because of the franchise tag, we've seen his value drop this this offseason. And that's with him being a standalone, you know, he's going to be the bell cow for the Cowboys this year. So I agree. I, I Running back is the one position, man. I have to feel like I'm getting such a value in the early parts of the draft for me to select you. Think about Javante Williams last year. He was oh, yeah. a, a top five, basically running back in dynasty. Everyone wanted him. He was the new shiny object that was going to get the, the full-time role in Denver and just be the next monster in fantasy. And he, I think I know he got injured, but even prior to the injury, he wasn't doing much of anything. And now his, his uh, value in dynasty has been like shot. It's, yes. it's so much lower than it was last year. Kate, I, I got a question about the running backs for you. So let's say you are, you know, taking on the strategy. If you're just going to take one early, or maybe you're just going to avoid the position at all in the first four or five rounds. Is there a certain type of running back in the mid rounds, the late rounds that you're going after? Definitely depends on, you know, sort of your, your league scoring format. Obviously if you're in a PPR league, going to look for, for some of those, those, you know, value opportunities that you might get from, running backs that actually get targeted, right? Like it should be no, no secret that you want running backs who uh, are, are at least getting those opportunities because not all running backs do, um, you know, like it, the, the Buffalo bills, for instance, the, the Baltimore Ravens, for instance, a lot of these uh, offenses with rushing quarterbacks, we've seen kind of a, a dip in that production uh, for, on the receiving end from the running back position. So, that that's kind of my like step one in trying to find some of these values. But also I think targeting some of these backfields where there are question marks, for example, the, the new Orleans saints right now, obviously plenty of legal questions surrounding uh, running back Alvin Kamara, but like Kendra Miller, the running back that, that, you know, obviously there's, there's plenty of questions about him as a rookie, but you know, I was fairly high on him as a prospect. I think this is a, a great landing spot. Obviously, Javon Williams is there, but that, you know, this is a situation where I can reasonably see Kendra Miller becoming the leading rusher for this team. And I can get him at a value of like RB 33, for example, AJ Dillon, who, you know, we've seen him kind of split this backfield back and forth with Aaron Jones, but right now AJ Dillon's fallen to RB 35 in dynasty. AJ Dillon's a waste of a draft pick. That's why. It's but, throwing your draft pick into the garbage. No, but like looking at these running backs that might have the opportunity to take over a backfield, uh, you know, Khalil, Khalil Herbert, Herbert, RB30, yeah. Yeah, RB39. Like also, you know, these running backs have opportunity. Dis- uh, you know, who's being severely disrespected is Alexander Madison, who has a true possibility. Like I honestly would not be shocked if he was RB5 or higher this upcoming season in fantasy points. And he's like his val- value, like 
didn't rise nearly as much as it should. So when you get to that point, it's like, well, I can get a guy that should be absolutely fantastic whose value can rise because it's not just going to, if he's great this year, it's not going to just be like, okay, well, the Vikings are done with him. Like he'll, he'll still have that opportunity there moving forward. And I see no reason why he's not going to be great with a full-time role, at least great in fantasy, maybe not Mm -hmm. like the best running back in the league, but great for fantasy, kind of like a James Conner. And whenever James Conner is healthy, he's really good for fantasy. So uh, like those are the type of players I'm eyeing. A couple of years ago, I won a dynasty league with Rashad Penny and Daryl Williams starting in my finals. And they were great in the fight. Like you can find these running backs to kind of fill those holes throughout the season. And also you can trade for them very cheap throughout the mm-hmm. season because people are willing to give them away for a rookie third round pick or, you know, a, a cheap wide receiver or something like that. You, you can fill these spots in the running back position throughout the year pretty easily. Lots of dynasty leagues are one with guys like Darrell, uh, Darrell Williams, right. For the chiefs a couple of years ago, or a Khalil Herbert. Was it two years ago? Khalil Herbert at the end of the year was absolutely fantastic. It's a day three pick. So hundred percent agree. I want to dive more into the, the quarterback discussion because I think we're all in agreement. If you draft Patrick, Patrick Mahomes, or Josh Allen, you set him and you forget it. That that part's really easy. But what if you don't get Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or Justin Fields or Jalen Hurts? What do you do next? We'll get into that in this uh, part, this episode of the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look good. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they just fit way better. They fit better than regular shorts that are made of that stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud-knit fabric that looks just like a khaki uh, khaki shorts, but they stretch, uh, so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dog uses anti-stink, sweat-wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. I absolutely love my bird dog shorts. I wear them to the golf course. I wear them around the house. They're just the the absolute best fitting shorts I've ever worn. Now you can own a pair by just going to birddogs.com slash lockdown NFL or enter promo code lockdown NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That is birddogs.com slash lockdown NFL or use the promo code lockdown NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. All right, we want to thank you for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. Every day, Matt and Ryan will be back on Tuesday and Wednesday to continue some of this off-season strategy. Uh, you know, we're going to be going through some Dynasty 101 talk over the next couple of weeks, so make sure you tune in for that. But we are wrapping up here talking about the quarterback position. Obviously, if you get a Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, you are set. But what if you don't get one of those quarterbacks? Michelle, what type of quarterback are you looking to grab after that? I'm looking for someone that has potential to break out and someone that has a very high floor with their rushing ability, like an Anthony Richardson. This is how I got the Josh Allens and the Jalen Hurts for cheap back in the day, because I was willing to bet that they would fix their, their throwing issues, their accuracy issues, because they're going to have time in the league to do that as they're winning games with their legs, as they're getting it done on the ground and helping their team still not be miserable, right? Like 
the the Eagles and the Bills still found a way to get some wins because of their quarterback was able to still move the ball on the ground and get it done enough through the air. I think a guy like Anthony Richardson can do that. So those are the type of quarterbacks I'm looking at to be on my team. Obviously, I would prefer he's not my quarterback one right off the bat. Like I don't really want to have to start him in week one and hope for the best, but I, I love having those guys be my backup quarterback, the ability to really um, grow into one of these top five quarterbacks you want. And you got him for cheap. Now I don't know how uh, cheap is Anthony Richardson is going, but he has to be much cheaper than Allen hurts and Mahomes. Yes. Yeah. QB nine right now in dynasty startup, which is fine. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like I would much rather do that than take somebody like Kirk cousins, obviously yeah. the age factor in this, but you can find solid quarterback production in free agency in your QB one leagues, like getting the Kirk cousins, the Aaron Rodgers, the Jared Goff type of production, isn't hard to find, but getting the guys that can get you 4,000 passing yards and a thousand rushing yards. Those are the guys that hold value. 100%. Absolutely agree there. Okay, what who, what other quarterbacks are you looking to target? Obviously, we know rushing upside, but how do you handle guys like Bryce Young, who number one overall pick, C.J. Stroud, number two overall pick? You know, quarterbacks that have this really insane draft capital, but maybe aren't prolific runners. My general approach, and like I, I know we talk about this all the time, the Konami cheat code and, and all that good stuff. We know that rushing production is very good for the quarterback position. I tend to look at some of these unknown players by evaluating if everything goes perfectly right, if everything goes exactly as I could plan them based on their draft pa- profile based on what we know they do well, based on what we know they don't do well, based on the tendencies we've seen them to have in college, how does that project to the NFL? And what does that ceiling look like for fantasy football? In the case of Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, despite the high draft capital, I think generally speaking, if you project everything to go right for Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, what you're looking at is, you know, the pocket passing presence. Generally, not necessarily conducive to some of that high-end production for fantasy football. So I tend to avoid, you know, especially in single QB leagues, uh, you know, some of these guys that do come out with uh, as, you know, A, you know, unproven assets because they haven't taken a snap yet. But B, you know, even if they were proven, like, you know, we, we look at, you know, guys like Kirk Cousins. Like these are guys that – because of their their profile as pocket passers, their ceiling is just slightly lower. And especially for some of these unknowns, we don't know how low that floor is. And it could be pretty low. So generally, they're off my board. And I we hate to say so that. We have been so mean to Kirk Cousins this episode. <laughs> no, he's an okay. He's a great fantasy. He's a great fantasy quarterback. And he's one of these guys that he's awesome for incredibly super stable. Stakes. Yes. yes. Well, and the thing with Kirk Cousins is you're, you're seeing somebody who's putting up almost 5,000 passing yards a season and 30 passing touchdowns every year. That's fantastic numbers. But you look at how, where he finishes every year in the quarterback rankings, and it's never anywhere close to the top five. It just goes to show you the value of, of rushing, right, is you really got to find those quarterbacks that have the rushing upside that they'll really have a difference maker. So, Okay, or, uh, Michelle, any final thoughts on the how you handle the quarterback position before we head out? 
I think it's all about trading for guys that you believe in that maybe are lower value. I think that's the cheapest way to get them. So obviously at this point, Justin Fields value is a lot higher than what it was last off season, but that would have been a great time to trade for him last off season. So when you believe in these guys at like, let's say Anthony Richardson has a rough first year that's when you trade for him after that season because he still does have that rushing floor. He can get better as a passer, but that's what I'm kind of looking for there is trading for a guy that you know has a high ceiling, but getting him at low value because that is the cheat code. You still, I think, I think a lot of times in one quarterback leagues, even they, people are like, oh, quarterbacks don't matter. No, they do matter. Having a great quarterback still is great and a huge advantage. It's just about getting them cheaper than using a top three pick on them. If you have to use a top three pick, then you're not getting that cheat code, right? You're not getting the advantage. But if you're able to find one of these guys cheaper a year or two before their breakout, that's when you really have that advantage in fantasy. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. Again, Matt and Ryan will be back on Tuesday and Wednesday to continue talking about some dynasty strategies. So tune in for that. Follow our fantastic guest, uh, Michelle Magic on Twitter, at Ball Blastem. You can follow Kate on Twitter, at Kate Magic. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. Locked on Dynasty podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. We are free and available on all platforms. Check out our show on YouTube, and we will see you guys right back here tomorrow.